This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Larry Charles, Brandon Sam. <laughs> That's a great way to start. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another week of the Game Dev Unchained podcast. As course, as course, as always, I'm your host, Larry Charles. We're off to a great start. Uh, it must be the energy in the room, even though I'm by myself. I've got with me, again, I can't seem to shake her. And we'll start off. Best, best friend, co-host, environment artist extraordinaire, Mr. Brandon Fan. Yeah, can't shake me off. This is Brandon Fan here with you <laughs> with another episode of Game Dev Unchained. I want to introduce you over to Vera Soon, also known as V. How are you doing, V? I'm doing good, man. Uh, <laughs> V is a good friend of, well, best friend of ours from 10 years ago when we all went to the Art Institute of Orange County together. At the time, this young man said, I want to be an animator for video games. He went on to work on many video games, and then he said, you know what, screw this, I'm going to go and work for film. And he just decided to become an animator for film, and he's worked on many films. V, can you take us through your resume, starting with the games? (laughs) Yeah, why the hell should we listen to you? Oh, man. All right. So, for people who care... Uh, I worked on Fire Heroes, the rescue. Alright, let's, let's start from the <laughs> beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Uh, when I first started in the industry, I worked on this small downloadable game called Animal Pen. I don't even know. I don't even remember. Oh, it's a downloadable game for WiiWare. I remember yeah. that game. With yeah, you know, you, you remember because we were roommates at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we worked on it. It was for Wii, and it was a a, a first-person firefighter, real heroes, I believe. And then after that, I went to go work with Brandon over at 2K with Bioshock 2. And then um, we did XCOM, XCOM, or The Bureau, I guess. The Bureau. Uh, The Bureau, XCOM, whatever. They changed it too many times. (laughs) And after that, I went to Destiny. So um, that's pretty much my video games. And then when I went to movies, uh, I went to go work at ILM uh, on Transformers first. And then Ninja Turtles, and then I worked on, I helped on Tomorrowland a little bit, and then I worked on mostly on Avengers too. Um, and then after that, I left. I went to Blur Studios to work on a couple of trailers. Uh, went back to ILM to help on Ant Man a little bit, and that's after that I came over to Weta, over in New Zealand to work on Alvin and now BFG. Wow, man! I, I can say that. Holy shit! All I can so say how is, long did you work in games uh, before you went to? How many years did you put in? <laughs> just... Wait, you guys were freezing. What? Oh, how many years did you put into video game development before you decided to make the transition? Was it about um, five years? I think about five, six years. Yeah, I've been doing this for eight, eight plus years now. Yeah, and you've you've had a career that a lot of people would be jealous of, man. You've done the top <laughs> movies and you've done some pretty top games. Like Destiny is a huge game. People are still playing your work. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I don't look at it that way. I mean, obviously, I remember I was that same. I was in that same position when I would see someone at these studios, and I would get either 
envy it. You know what I mean? It was just one of those things like, damn, I want to be at that studio as well. Mm -hmm. But I, it's weird because when you're there, um, you're you're there, so it doesn't. Like I still appreciate it. Like, oh wow, I can't believe I'm here. Like especially ILM because so much history, mm -hmm. right? Like, and you look back, you're like, wow, I'm working with all these talented people. But I don't know. Every time I go to another, you feel comfortable just working there because there's so many cool people in this industry that it doesn't feel like it's bigger to bigger than you yeah yeah so it, at first you do you feel like it but then when you get there it's kind of cool because everyone's like just regular cool people people i look up to but they're like really chill and yeah you know they're very inviting yes so yeah it's it's not just like a like a a thing in the distance anymore you're you're there you're experiencing it so it's more becoming more practical it becomes real so you're not like glorifying over something that you wish you were in. Um, a question I do have, though, while you're working in games, um, have you ever, have you always had a desire and a plan to go to movies? Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I, it's kind of hard to hear you sometimes. It's when okay. did you, when did you know that you wanted to transition to movies? Like how many years in? Oh, yeah. When did so it happen? Why did it happen? How did it happen? Um, well, I've always, so the thing is, is I've always wanted to, to work in movies just, and, and I've always wanted to work in video games, right? Like it, it was one of those things where, and at the end of the day, I've wanted to be an animator. So I really, uh, since I was, what, I think 13 is when I knew I wanted to be an animator. Mm -hmm. And since then it was just a matter of where do I go first? And, and video games was something I was, you know, obviously into, and it kind of directed me where uh, I was looking at schools and what kind of um, stuff are they offering for animation job or how to get to where I want to get to either be video games or movies. And our institute offered like a video game program, but I've also obviously wanted to do um, animation, but I noticed in the curriculum, it was literally the same classes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I could do animation and still learn video game design and all the other stuff." Yeah. So that's the reason why I chose that path, um, and that's when I met you guys. Worst yeah. decision of my life. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah, it didn't help well, you in any way. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't our decision to have you in our group either. <laughs> oh wait, no, oh, no, no, man, no, no, no! Don't do that! Are don't we, do that! <laughs> no, it was, okay. it was, right, no, it was a decision to have V in the group. I just right. knew that we're he. We're not gonna even do this. We're not gonna even do this. <laughs> it's a story for it's another too late. time. Yeah, no, it's another too day. late. Another it's day. Too all right, late. All right. No, no, explain. no. You gotta explain it because, like, now the audience no, no, no. is wondering what the hell we're yeah. talking we're not, about. We'll save it if they ask about it. We'll. we'll they talk are. About they it. are gonna ask. They're, about. Ask, they're asking right now. They're asking no, right now. So we went to college together, oh right? This is how we met. But we. All these guys are assholes, by the way. That's the story. Not me. We we never really became good friends. Like V and Larry were roommates, so they knew each other. V and I were pretty tight. Yeah, so I was a stranger in the group, but we had a class together, and that forged our our friendship uh, for life, pretty much. And so, Larry, go ahead. So, <laughs> why, um, why did it happen? So we're in this room. We're like four out of five minorities, and uh, the class was senior project planning, I believe. And uh, our teacher, Mr. Emmerich, I guess he nominated four people to be like the producers or like the leader of these individual teams, and Brandon got chosen to lead his team. And so Brandon chose me as his first pick. And we weren't really like great friends at the time. But uh, Brandon, you were saying something like uh, maybe I gave a speech before or you just you kind of knew reputation wise that I was going to be someone to work with. Yeah. I mean, just look Larry Charles up. 
He has a presence. He knows how to showcase. And this being like an end-of-the-year project, we've got to pitch a project to win. You know, Larry's, to me, was number one pick, uh, my number one draft pick. It was an easy choice. If you knew Larry, you'll, you'll know why he's the number one choice yeah. easily. So, I knew Larry enough to pick him <laughs> is what I'm saying. So I think Brandon and V were better friends than uh, Brandon and I at the time. Oh, definitely. Yes. And so yeah. as I'm up there and like I'm helping Brandon strategize, Brandon tells me, <laughs> he's like, all right, next I'm going to pick V. <laughs> and I was like, Brandon, don't do that. <laughs> My roommate, by the way. My roommate. <laughs> but the oh, the strategy was, so V and I were close and I knew that no one else in the room really knew what V was capable of. This is my reasoning. I was like, I work with V every day. I know his work ethic. I know his ideas. I know that he's going to be good on this team. But I put my fantasy football helmet on and I said, I know we can get him for a better price. <laughs> so, I, so I said, we need to get an engineer. We need somebody who's technical on the team. That should be our next pick. So V was at back, and he was like, oh, they picked Larry. I know they're going to pick me uh, next. So V was just waiting. He was just ready. And then Brandon, he gets the next pick. And Brandon, who did you pick? I picked Caesar, our other good friend. So yeah. he picks our other best friend. And I looked at V's face, and he had this big, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. but here, here's the beauty of the strategy, and we'll get back to talking about V. Uh, it came back to Brandon for his fourth pick. And guess who was sitting in the back of the class with no teeth? <laughs> I literally oh, was. I think I was the second to last. You were the second to last. Second, second to last. last or something. Yeah. And the most hardworking in the damn group. Yes. Yeah. So, like I said, the strategy worked. And to this day, I stand by it. It was the right choice. Oh, man. That was horrible. All right. But- but that's how our friendship childhood. started. Yeah. That, I, that class, I have to say, that class cemented the relationship that we have. We all became best friends. Yeah. Shout out to Caesar, by the way. We were pretty close already, but Shout it was out to like Caesar. the whole group kind of yeah. Well, that was the first time we worked together and we succeeded. Yeah. Like, we, we came out on top. Of we won class. the class. Yep. After being yep. told the other class <laughs> in the front was going to be the class that was going to win by yep. the teacher, by the way. Number one. Yeah, a week before final. By a mile. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. All right. Anyways, so let me ask. Let me uh, let me ask this next question. Um, v spending a lot of time with you. I know that you targeted specific studios on your conquest. You said like Bungie. Like man, I would really like to work for Bungie. And then you ended up working there. And you're like ILM. Like it's gonna be my dream to work for ILM. And then you work yeah. there. Like how does it feel to set that goal, not knowing if you're ever gonna achieve it or how you're gonna achieve it, and then to just to to one day get that offer letter. Like that's gotta be an experience. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, it was one of those, uh, to be honest, like it was at a point where I think, I don't know how other animators feel, but I almost gave up in a way where I felt like I was never going to reach there. Mm-hmm. Yes, like ILM, for instance, like, I don't think I'm ever going to go there because I, I'm sure with everybody else, I've been, you know, rejected. I got so much rejection emails mm-hmm. and, and by ILM, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, you, I got rejected. I don't know how many times by ILM probably. Or they just don't answer back to you. So uh, I, it was just one thing I would say is like timing is everything. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a, a a need by that studio. And if you're up to par, then if the timing works, it, it's uh, it, they'll give you that call. I mean, I could tell you how it all went about. It's it's crazy. Um, uh, yeah. 
Just keep going. No. Uh, no. Tell, tell us. us. <laughs> oh, you really want to know? Yeah. I was going to say it's a long story. Because that tra- well, the right, transition let, well, from, from games to movies is probably the one of the hardest transition for any position, right? Animator effects, environment art, you know, any, any of our types. So, like, uh, your transition is probably the most uh, interesting part because a lot of people want to cross that threshold. Yeah. They, they don't know how. So, I mean, just share your personal story. Like, how exactly yeah. did you get to that point where you had a rejection letter from ILM? You didn't stop, obviously. You worked on your stuff. And then eventually getting to that part where you crossed that road. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, so, basically, I mean, how it all started is... Um, uh, how do I, let's start from the beginning, I guess, right? Okay. It's because it's, 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 one, but it's tough because it's like, it's one of those things where, not from the very beginning, but basically networking is huge, right? Like, right. I think in this industry, uh, networking will get you in the door faster than applying. Like, knowing someone in a company will uh, fast track you to the front of the line, pretty much. So, basically, how I got into ILM was, Pretty much, uh, I I went back to even though I've been doing animation for I don't know how many years, I would I went back to uh, online school. You know, I, I wanted to get better at animation, and there are a bunch of online schools that I respect and felt like that was gonna help me out. And um, pretty much, I had a, a a student there who was also a class I mean, a classmate of mine, and he remembered my work pretty much from that school, and he hit me up on LinkedIn. And he, he was just basically asking me, hey, ILM is looking for animators. Um, are you interested? And, of course, you know, me, I'm like, ILM, like in my back of my mind, I was like, hell yeah, cursing, excited. But I I, I don't know how they're going to really uh, – it's all interest, really. I don't know if my work was up to par. Um, so he forwarded my uh, work and my resume, all that stuff, to the supervisor at ILM. And they, they really – they liked me. And after that, you go through the interview and whatnot, and I got through. Like, it's crazy. It's 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 even more than that. Like, they were they were close to not even. Uh, after doing the interview, they liked my work. They liked me, but they told that guy, "It's like you know what? Um, uh, I think we're gonna pass on him." Mm. You know, uh, and the reason why is because once I found out it was because I was inexperienced. I didn't have any experience with movies. Mm-hmm. So they they were in crunch time at that time. So they didn't want a junior guy, or if you want to call it junior, but a guy who didn't know the pipeline or anything. Uh, and that was the reason why. Uh, so and then my, one of my 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 uh, friend basically said, you know, yeah, I think he left them with one last few words, basically saying, you know, give him a chance. You never know what was going to happen. Um, I, I'm sure he had more, but basically sure. he was telling me that's what he said to them. Yeah. Uh, and just left it as it is, like that. And all of a sudden, he he gave me this. I it's crazy. I still keep this picture. He showed me the uh, the message, and it was a talk between the supervisor and him. And then you see in in the uh, the supervisor saying to the uh, my my friend now he's he's basically saying like you know what you've made a guy's dream come true. Um, we're gonna uh, pursue and give him an offer. Wow. And stuff like that. So, wow. Yeah, it's crazy how it that transition. It wasn't something where it's just like it was. Uh, I don't know how other people's stories are, but looking sure at thing. that, it's it's crazy how timing all works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of happened over at uh, Marin as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you we work together, right? It, you hit me up. My game is finishing on that small studio, that Fire Heroes, and you floored it. And then it, what was the story? It was basically, so me and Brendan worked together at 2K, and um, he recommended me, or something. I, I forgot exactly what. But basically, he recommended me, and I showed my stuff. Uh, didn't really like my stuff at 2K, and I, I did, like, an exercise or something, And it was an animator there. I was like, hey, Brennan, you mind uh, showing the animator my uh, this particular shot I'm working on? And is it cool if you can give me some notes? And pretty much uh, that animator gave me some notes. And obviously, I, I worked on those notes because I was trying to make my, my demo reel better to, to get into a place like 2K. And um, I, I believe something happened where, the, the, again, this is all, like, everything is timing in this industry. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, the animator took a look at my second pass or the notes that uh, I worked on that he gave me. And I believe that the lead, uh, PJ, uh, he walked by and he was like, oh, what's that? And he was looking at my work from the first time the animator saw it to the second pass when I, I did the notes. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like that lead... You know, was uh, he liked it? Like, yeah. So the potential, I guess. I I don't know. That's actually. I don't know, Brennan. You could chime in because you were you kind of experienced. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was pretty much like a, they were gonna pass on you, but then you were uh, <laughs> p- persistent, right? You send in your stuff. You asked me to ask feedback from the others because you were always in the pursuit of self improvement, right? So like that guy gave you notes and you improved it, and while he was looking at it, the lead passed by saw the improvement and was like wow with that little time this guy improved that much all right let's give him a call boom yeah so Head so, so, so <laughs> t- to add on to like timings everything it just sounds like you have good ass friends <laughs> <laughs> all right that's very true i, I, I don't want you to go fortunate. through life thinking that you were uh <laughs> lucky okay? you did it all by yourself v <laughs> don't take all the credit no, okay it's, it's very, yeah, yeah it's very yeah, true v just looks at the camera I, and says, oh I man <laughs> timing is everything and all your friends in the bag is like yo bro i hooked you up now <laughs> uh, you know what what's great about that story is you're now reinforcing other people who are listening to this podcast their their work efforts right like now that hard work pays off and they hear about somebody who has been called you know not good enough or at the time mediocre or you know just not at the level that the company was interested in who dedicated himself to improvement and even in just a short period of time turned a no into a yes like yep. you've given so many people right now who want to be animators, you've just given them a story of a real life example of an underdog who won. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that you're poor or low level. I'm saying at the time, <laughs> no, sounds, no, 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 no. That's why I'm trying to cover my tracks right now and protect the friendship. At the time, you let's say you were you were you were a no, but you made the decision to turn it into a yes. You sought the feedback. You listened to the feedback. You accepted it, and you improved your work. And that paid off for you right away. Yeah. No and, means yes to you. And now yes. look where you are, right? Like, that's that's something that needed to be highlighted, I have to say. Because there's a lot of people out there. I'm not going to name names or point fingers. But I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, that's my style. This, like, yeah. I, like, whenever, like, someone's getting feedback and it's like, hey, man, you should. Well, you don't see it how I see it. You don't know what I'm. And it's like, well, I can't work with you because I'm telling you what <laughs> we're looking for. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what we're looking for, and you're trying to defend it and say you're not going to do that because that's not what you do. Well, you don't. You're not going to be a good fit here. Yeah. It's as simple as that. 
I love those types of people. It's less competition. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And I, I mean, like I said, uh, time is everything. But mm. at the end of the day, don't ever. If I if I were to give advice, just don't give up. Uh, eventually, it may work yourself out. I mean, put yourself in a better position in terms of uh, if you don't feel like you're perfectly strong, make it stronger, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I'm still to this day, I'm still um, I'm trying to get better. I, I'm still I plan to do online school again, uh, just because I, I've done the the video game, I've done the VFX. Now my next goal is to do feature animated movies. Mm-hmm. So like Disney, that's that's a place that I'm shooting for now. Oh, um, nice. I will not stop until I get there. So, and I—I I mean, I have no reason to believe that you're not going to be there. So, hook me up with my Kung Fu Panda Five tickets. All right. That's DreamWorks, dude. Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> said, oh uh, hook me up with my Toy Story Six tickets. That's Pixar. That's Pixar. I'm talking about like Pixar is owned by Disney. Uh, yeah, yeah but Disney. Won't. I'll give you that. <laughs> Man, you know what I'm trying to say. V, I know, I know. hook me up. <laughs> let's just some let's player. cut let's cut the bullshit. V, <laughs> I'm asking you to hook me up. <laughs> open IMDb once in a while. Oh man, help me, help me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, another curious thing is like while you were working in the game industry, it was pretty safe to say that you got bored, right? You were we were bored uh, of the industry in a way. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that. So what was it like? When did it hit you where you're like, you know, I'm I'm getting too used to this type of pipeline, where I need something else to to satisfy my needs. What, what was that moment? Um, that's a tough one. I think it, it was uh, it was just one of those situations where uh, in gaming, uh, at least for what I experienced, I'm sure every studio is different in some ways. But you know they're, they're doing a lot of the same animation. They're short animations. Now maybe if I was doing cinematics, which I didn't really do that much, um, that would be different. Maybe I would have been happier in that situation. Uh, but just and it's more technical in in a lot of ways, right? In video games. Yeah. I, I mean, in movies you can do technical things, but we could just ask somebody to help us. Whereas video games, they they want you to kind of be more independent in a way. Yep. Um, but uh, in video games, it was just one of those things where I was doing the same stuff, uh, and the technical stuff didn't really get to me. I mean, if I would have done, like, for instance, on XCOM, uh, for me, for me to, uh, I actually enjoyed, uh, I was in charge of um, doing, like, first-person animations and, and kind of in charge of that whole, like, feature working with a game designer and stuff, and I loved it. And then, obviously, if you know what happened with the XCOM Bureau, kind of, like, the whole situation it took forever to make and they couldn't make up their mind and eventually they switched to the third person and that whole like me owning a certain feature like kind of got destroyed and i it, it honestly took a lot out of me because i was so uh energized invested. for it yeah. yeah invested there you go and and it just kind of like just broke me down i was like man screw this uh i don't really feel and it was made probably the studio itself because when i went to bungie it was awesome but they were doing animation. I was doing gameplay animation, so, and I was touching the first person. I was touching all the AI stuff, but I didn't do cinematics. Um, and it was just got you know tiring with doing a lot of deaths and hit reacts and re- like it's, it wasn't pushing. It, I, I plateaued in a lot of ways in terms of skill. Like I wasn't learning anything new. That I mean, I every time I've gone to a new place, I've always learned something. But I'm one of those people who, if I feel like I'm plateauing, I need to change it up. I need to do something. Um, yeah. And and video games is one of those things where I felt like I was plateauing too much and and uh, I and also I, that urge of like I need to go to movies now because I 
I've been holding it back for too long. So I just finally made that jump and I decided to take, I work on my portfolio mm-hmm. just for movies. Like I, I honestly just took time off and I was unemployed for like, I thought it was only gonna, in my mind, I thought I was gonna be working <laughs> my portfolio for maybe three months at most. Yeah. And then maybe I'll start looking. And it took me like eight months or nine months to look for a new job. And fortunately, so, you know, timing all worked out and my first movie job was ILMs. So it, it worked out perfectly. I, yeah, take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, I know you played a lot of Black Ops 2 over that time because I was with you at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think were some of the best resources that helped you prepare yourself for making that transition? Because I bet you there's a lot of people who would like to know, you know, what you did specifically. Yeah, like I know a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is just, uh, you know, being there at the right place at the right time. But like looking back, like was, were there like surefire strategies that you would recommend to someone uh, who is looking to make that transition? Uh yeah, uh, you're saying how would I how would someone from the video games make the jump to movies? No, yeah. so uh, well, I guess there's two questions on the table. So answer Brandon's yeah. first, and we'll go back to mine. Okay, uh, let me answer that one because uh, that's in my mind right now. But uh, basically, I, I think the way I see it is it's um that time has changed. When you knew how to just animate, you knew how to animate, right? Like it's it's uh. It's where people like, oh, saw like, oh, he can animate. So we'll teach him how to animate our way. Mm-hmm. Whereas now in the industry, it's like, you better be fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you have to cater towards each industry. So to me, in my opinion, there are three different industries for animation that uh, you have to make a demo reel for, mm-hmm. right? So there's one is video game, obviously. Uh, the other one is VFX. Uh, and the other one is feature animated movies. So when I say video games, is if our if you were to make a demo reel for it, do something that's more video game related stuff like loops and and things that are transitioning um, from one animation to the next, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't want to see like over exaggerated cartoony kind of animation unless you're complying to a video game studio that's pretty much stylizing cartoon cartoony yeah. type of thing. Like but Mobas I don't I don't really know any right. Riot not that uh... many. Blizzard, they kind of, you know, some of their characters and their MOBAs are that way. Yeah, but, um, so pretty much, that's one way you have to cater, like, it sucks. Like, if you can animate, you can animate, but I noticed that the, the time has changed, so if you want to do VFX, you just do creatures, you do realistic mocap, all that stuff. Because uh, that's basically all they do. They don't do key, so don't show keyframe, don't show, like, acting and all that stuff. They don't really care about that. They want to see action, physical, like, you can, you can do body mechanic animation and then obviously the next one is feature animated studios which i'm gearing towards now is basically they want to see the acting they want to see keyframes because they don't use motion cap whatsoever Mm -hmm. so they want to make sure that you know how to breathe life into a character um i I mean they want to know how you could do body mechanics but acting is very important like you have to sell as if this is not a, a 3d model this is an actual person character that's living um so right. that's what I would. I think that's what your the question was. Is like, how do you kind of go about going into that industry? Yeah, I mean, just tailoring it to each company. Yeah, each pretty much. Company. You do have to tailor it to each company. Yeah. So uh, maybe industry and studio after that. So if you really want to go into a certain studio, then you really tailor it towards that kind of style. Yeah. So my question uh, for the second time 
asshole. Brandon, messed it up, man. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just teasing. What resources did you utilize to help yourself make the transition? You know, like, uh, for example, did you do any online schooling? Did you have any specific books that you thought helped you? Yeah. Uh, so basically, it, when I was, I, I went to school, obviously, right? Like, AI, we went, we went to AI together. And oh, man, I should, maybe you should beat that out. Cause I don't want to talk shit about them. No, no, oh, but, it's, it's, but basically when you typically, all right, typically when you go to an art school, uh, you pay, I think I heard this in your podcast too, but when you go to uh, art school, that's a shitload of money. Right. And you're and pretty much art schools are showing you the world, right? Like they, they introduce you to uh, like programs and rigging and modeling and, they're not really focused, right? Like, it, but the cool thing is, I met you guys, so mm-hmm. that was the only thing that came out of my, the art school. Damn. One is introducing me to the world and or the industry, and then two, getting some really lifetime friends. You know? Yeah. Like even and, then, we picked you last. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had Larry, so he was my roommate for you. I. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> you're 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 an asshole. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I would say the same. We like AI, <laughs> AI for me was meeting you guys yeah. and uh, just introducing me to the the world. Of, you you uh, guys are some really expensive friends. That's all I want to say. Yeah, that's yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, man, these are some expensive ass friends. They better be lifetime friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it all worked out. And basically, what you get out of that is networking, right? Like, mm-hmm. so and essentially, networking is you. Everyone understands what networking is and. Uh, so anywhere you go, you're building network. When you you commute or you talk to anybody, it's all networking. Everything's networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, when I I finally got into the industry, and obviously I didn't think my skill set was good enough, so um, I, there was online school that were more focused towards animation. Mm-hmm. They were literally just showing you the principles and and uh, teaching you the right way to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. And really harping it in, like what these principles into you, and then you honestly pick up a lot of gold nuggets from different mentors and stuff like that. Some of them weren't that great, but uh, for the most part, it was set up in the right way, and that's what kind of kept launching me towards getting closer to my next goal and stuff. Gotcha. Oh, that's um, a good answer. If you could interact with yourself day one at AI, right? Yeah. What would you tell yourself about your future that may have motivated you to do anything differently? Like, would you have course corrected yourself, or do you think everything that happened the way that it did was the way it should have happened? Would you change anything? That's a tough one, man. I don't. I, I don't believe in that whole uh, <laughs> going to the past and it would affect the future. Like, it's just <laughs> like, it happened, man. Just move he forward. Has no regrets. Like it's it's like one of those that that line right like um, that Steve Job line you ever heard of it where I think he was giving a speech to like some college and he was saying like you can't connect the dots to the future but you can connect the dots from your past and how you got there mm-hmm. like it, it's really cool because when you know presently I can look back and see how it all came about how the timing all worked out right but you can't really set yourself up into the future you can you know make a stronger case for yourself but. You can't really, you don't really know how the dots are going to connect moving forward. Yeah. You can only connect it looking back because you've already experienced it, right? 
The best way to predict the future is to create it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, if anything, I would give, I mean, just trying to give advice to students and stuff like that, which we're trying to do now, right? Like, or anybody who's trying to follow certain paths and if I can some sort of information out there that helps them in that way, that'd be great. But, yeah. So, when you first got your first movie job, right? What was yes. the pressure like being the guy who came from games? Was was anybody treating you any differently or expecting you to fail? You know, what was the the atmosphere like being the games guy who's working on a film? Well, that and how was the environment? Like, was it different as a studio vibe? All right, those are the same question, I believe. So, yeah. does it seem like two different questions? No, but when I went, uh, no, when I first, I was actually very fortunate when I uh, started uh, my first job in the movies. Um, they put me in a room and basically they put me in a room with three or two other junior, like I want to say junior, but basically they were experienced. Uh, and by the way, those guys, like the one of them was already experienced in video games already. He was the same situation with me where this was his first movie gig. Gotcha. And um, and then there was another guy who was doing pretty much freelance his whole life. He was doing it 12 plus years and ILM was a... Um, a dream job for him as well. And then the fourth person in that room was actually a senior guy. He's been doing movies for like 12 plus years. So it was kind of cool because I at least got to relate with um, two of them. And the other one, if we ever had questions we were like curious about, that guy, the, the senior guy would be the guy to ask. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but it was like a perfect situation where I felt like, it wasn't too fast for me because the other people in the same boat yet at the same time, there was somebody who's guiding me in the right way. And, um, if I ever had questions, he would just answer them. So, and everyone's like guys that were like my idol in terms of animation inspirations and like those guys you go up to and they're all fucking cool people, man. Like really cool people. Like they were helpful. I haven't had, I haven't met anybody in this industry yet that, was pretty much uh, an asshole. I've heard of him. I heard of those type of people, but I've yet to meet. You can, I mean, I've met people who obviously think they're highly of themselves, like they are really badass or something. And typically, you see badass. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where this industry is really it's really cool and a bunch of helpful people. So I felt comfortable, like as if when I went to 2K, all those guys were. Super helpful because I, I worked at a small studio, so I didn't really learn. I was literally the only animator there, mm-hmm. so it was hard to kind of relate to anybody. And then when I went to 2K, it was it was the same kind of situation where they knew that I was kind of uh, newish, and they kind of welcomed me in with open arms. Yeah. So it's all the same. There's this thing with animators, and where every company they're like the tightest group. Oh yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> Larry thinks I'm going to say something bad. Uh, <laughs> well, I, don't, I mean, yeah, I, I honestly think it's, uh, I don't know how it is for other departments, but, like, there is an animation community out there, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's their forums or, like, groups. Or, it's crazy how helpful everybody is. At the end of the day, it's, it is a competition to get that job, but everyone is not there to kind of um, uh, how do you, uh, backstab anybody to try to get somewhere, you know? It's because at the uh, it is still a team effort because when you get into one studio, they're not going to just need one animator. They're going to need like a good amount of animators. So don't burn your bridges. Make sure you make your friends and and uh, they'll recommend you. Those people. That's how pretty much I've gone to each place was literally through uh, recommendations of uh, friends and 
and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, like, just to touch on that, it's like what, what I was emphasizing on was like at every company I've been at, like there might be some politics or might some like the the studio is burning, and then you can still see the animators like still intact, like <laughs> from other <laughs> groups. People would be leaving, but for some reason, you you animators have like this special bond that like don't give a fuck what happens. <laughs> and no, I just I mean, noticed that it's like, like it's there's a probably... type, type groups, I'm sure, right? Like you guys remember well, your 2K, you were pretty close with your environment artists, and yeah, but environment we're talking about like 10 plus people, right? Animators are usually around six to seven, and yeah. you guys are like stay from beginning to end six to seven, like. I... I want to co-sign, like, all the studios I've been to, I can think of, like, the leader of the animation group and, like, all the... I don't want to say subordinates. I'll say, like, colleagues. It was a very, very tight-knit group. Like, when I worked at Obsidian, I think Richard Arroyo, just, he had his team and he had his crew. They all had, like, nicknames and, like, I don't know. They just seemed like they just <laughs> enjoyed working together as a group. There was no intra-group uh, squabbles. It was just... It was just tight knit and solid. And then I go to yeah. Spark, it was the same thing. I go to Sledgehammer, it was the same thing. Like I, I always saw the animators eating together, drinking together, hanging out, getting their snacks together. It was like they were their own separate company inside of the company, you know? Yeah. It was it was really cool to see. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys are doing. I I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean I, I definitely feel like they're they're we're really close when every time I had a new team. Um but I I hung out with other different departments, so I guess I didn't really see that. Mm-hmm. from the outside perspective of the uh, non-animators, I guess. Because I hung out with everybody, you know me, so. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I will say that I always like asking this type of question. Your mm-hmm. work has allowed you to travel the world. Uh, we had Tav Shande on here. He got to travel. We had uh, Kaylin Chalk went to Spain for being an artist. And now, if the internet choppiness didn't give it away you're in new zealand working at weta <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel to know that like your talents are so sought after that you're actually getting to visit different hemispheres uh how does it feel it feels pretty cool <laughs> so I can, no 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 it's 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 one of those things where um i don't know you just appreciate it because it's like not everyone gets to do this man not everyone gets to do this type of uh work that we do and to be able to have that that chance and opportunity to go to other countries and kind of take it all in, um, it's not for everybody. I don't know how people with kids and, and marriage, you know, how they do it, but uh, it's it's a tough one because you're always doing contracts or contracts. And but at the same time, it's like you get to experience new things and you know you get to jump around to different studios. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, I don't know how you would explain, it, but it's it's a fucking badass feeling just because like you get to experience something different and work on something new and get like a whole new culture. Um, and I, I'm at that stage where I have this traveling bug. So, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm just going to jump around. I can see myself jumping around a lot for the next, I don't know how many years. Mm. Whereas video games, you don't really jump around because it takes forever to build, like make a video game, right? Like three years, five years. I don't know what XCOM took like seven plus years. And- yeah, so in movies you're doing it no more than a year's. <laughs> yeah, you're not doing you're not doing a movie like a project only takes like no more than a year. Mm. I worked on a project that was like less than a month, so I don't know. It's well with that in mind, like <clears throat> like what kind of uh 
you know, if you compare it to the game industry and the, the movie industry, what, what kind of similarities and differences, what kind of benefits and cons that you're seeing as a single man? Like, uh, <laughs> how are things? How are the ladies uh, treating you, V? How, how, how are how the ladies different? treating you? Yeah, how's uh, that life going? <laughs> awesome. No, but uh, no, though it's it's not that different in terms of like you're still anime. If you know how to animate, you know how to animate. Uh, you have your strength and your weaknesses. Um, but like, it's more of like the time crunch is different in a way because it's like like I said, movies, it, you're doing it no more than a year probably. Uh, or video games could take forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like games takes forever. I'm seeing a change in video games that they're hiring contract people now too. At least from what I see, it's like they're doing more and more contracts. So it's kind of crappy. Like video games is more stable. Movies, it's not. Like honestly, it's very hard to find a full-time gig in movies. Like if you somehow got a full-time gig, then I don't know how you did it. You're probably that valuable where they don't want to let – I know people at Island, they didn't want like let go at all. So they hired them as full-time. They offered that because they were about to bounce to another studio. And, you know, it was just like one of those situations where they worked out a full-time gig. Um, and Weta, I know people who've been here, like, for 10 years, and they are still on contract. Like, they don't have the benefits, you oh, know? Like, 10 years? Are they originally from New Zealand, or do they move from somewhere else, too? Um, some of them are not. Some of them are. Like, I know people who've been here for five-plus years, for sure. Some of them are from New Zealand. Some of them are not. Uh, that seems like the average year, like how, how long people have been here, and they're just all contract, man. Like it's, I think the supervisor is the only one. Like, in terms of where you're at in the um the ladder, like the supervisors, I believe have. I could be wrong, but I feel like the supervisors have full time gigs. Mm-hmm. But I heard someone said that they didn't. So, but the benefits, but uh, and then another thing, I <laughs> video games, uh, depending on what studio you work on or work at. But they have swag. Like they give you a bunch of swag is like free stuff. Like they give you like Bungie spoiled the crap out of me. I cannot. Oh man, that was like spoiled crap. Yeah, spoiled world. (laughs) You have no idea how much they spoil you. Bungie and it's awesome. Yeah, they pretty much. I I still have all the stuff that they give me. Um, but like movies, they. I think I got a poster at free. I was literally uh it, which like I said, it doesn't. Was it from the trash? Wait, huh? If it was yeah. from the trash. No, sometimes they do raffles first, and then they don't have because they don't have enough. for posters. But you, uh, I mean, it's not reasonable because it's, it's not their. They don't own the movie, right? They're not making right. money off of it. Right. So, I can understand why there's no swag or I don't know, but that's that's one of the two major differences, or it's not really that major, but some differences I see, are like the contracts, the swag. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, one of the reoccurring uh, discussions that Larry and I would have is that, the, yeah, even the, that the game industry, it does have some stability, but um, in a sense, too, it isn't made for a person that is progressing in life, like getting married, having kids, and having sustainability in the long run, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you as a single man, and you're seeing like families with uh, in the movie industry, trying yeah. to manage contract to contract jumping from country to country like how how oh, are you man. reading that yeah how am i what how how are you reading that situation like I, i'm like sure how... you have friends that have family that is on contract and it's tough dude because and another thing that's different is that i noticed that uh it depends on the person at the end of the day but i noticed that movies are they're doing so much hours man it's a ridiculous amount of hours 
Um, but when I, again, when they're doing so many hours, I, I see these people with families and they, they really have to schedule it out. Like how they're going to spend time uh, to see their kid and how, when to spend time with their, like they would literally take their, so the one cool thing about Weta, I've never seen this in any other studio. They pay for your lunch, like as in your time off. Like you could take an hour off and then go out, do whatever, and they pay for that time. Whoa. So you're getting paid during lunch. Uh, other people, you clock out, all that stuff, right? Yeah. So people would, you know, during their lunch, they would go see their wife and kids or whatever. And then during crunch, that's what I'm talking about. And I've seen it where they uh, they go make sure that they go see their kids go to sleep before, you know, tuck them in and whatever, and then come right back to work. So it, it's really tough, man. We we're doing, I mean, I was doing like 16 hour days, like for two months straight. Like, yeah. I was doing 90 hours a, a week for a, a month and I was doing 80 hours before that for a month. And then before that I was doing 70 hours for a month. Like it was no joke for, uh, but that it's, that's more the extreme kind of situation where yeah. this movie needs to get out. And it, it just really depends on the movie too. Some, sometimes they do a good job scheduling it. Sometimes the movie just needs to come out and they're going to do whatever it takes to get it out. It kills me to think that that much work goes into the movie for the you know the motion graphics, the visual effects, and the animation studios behind it. And then I always go back to that Life of Pi moment where, as the movie was winning the award and the directors on yeah. stage, people who had like just lost their jobs, delivering all of that, there's outside picketing, and right when they were about to even get like half a second of thanks, they got played off the stage. Yeah, uh, I mean, man. part of it is because they were on there for too long. Sure. So they were, you know, that that whole award ceremony. There's time limits for each, you know, speech, right? So yeah, I mean, I'll and, give and, you that, but like, it sucked though. It yeah. was just the timing. It's Those all about timing. The anymore. way the timing worked was just horrible. It was but just I, like, I got to jump it, back it, in then, right? Because like they were the last people on the list, essentially, right? Like, look at it that way. Even if it is a timing thing, the yeah. last people thanked were the people who had to basically take yeah. two actors Politics, and man. blue screen. And turn yeah. it into fucking like amazing. It did pretty much most of the work. The exactly. Oh yeah. my god. It's really crap. I know people who worked on that movie and the effects that you know all that stuff and the rhythm and hues, how they went down, and, and that's the place I wanted to work at, man. Like all I heard was really good reputation about them, yeah. and it's unfortunate that they shut down. Like well, I heard they treated their people right, and right. they wouldn't lay people off before their contracts, and right. it's it was a great studio, but unfortunately they were in a situation that. It, it just didn't work out anymore. So, well, thankfully, you're working at I would say the top two titans of the visual effects industry, right? right? So you didn't really see too much of that problem, or did you? Like, what no. what is your view on the visual effects industry as is right now, working at the two biggest ones? Uh the only thing I see that's I wouldn't call it a problem, but I for at least for America, more uh, Americans, that, that's a problem. Where you know a lot of the jobs were in California, right, in LA area. And pretty much a lot of it went to Vancouver. Like Vancouver, uh, Canada is the place to be because of, you know, whatever they get, the government pays them and, and all that stuff. So if you don't mind moving to Vancouver, then it, it, you're okay. Uh, not okay, but it's you're in a better position in, to be in that place because there's so much studios out there, even video games actually. Mm-hmm. Um the way I see the whole visual effects, I think it's calmed down. Like I think there was way too many before. Um, 
it's kind of like video games. There's just way too many studios opening up, and not all of them are able to hack it. Like only the smart ones, and know how to plan and do business. And sometimes, again, it's all about timing. Some of them just didn't have the right timing to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I I think it's all relative. Like it doesn't really change that much. I think if anything, like a lot of jobs are going to be outside of America because it's cheaper. Like you see minions, right? These guys are uh, are making billion dollar billion dollars for each movie, and it costs them only like sixty million. Whereas in California, Pixar or or Disney, it's costing them like over one hundred fifty mil just to make that movie. So the likelihood of you getting your money back uh, is better somewhere else because it costs only sixty million. Um, now, obviously, Pixar is going to make their money, and Disney is going to make their money, but that's why it's harder to do anything, especially in California. Well, speaking about timing and making money, we are at the uh, we are at the forty-five plus <laughs> minute mark. It's time for us to pay some bills. We will be right back after this with the rest of the podcast. This is Game Dev Unchained, Larry Charles, Brandon Fam, and Virus Wong. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is Larry from the Game Dev Unchained Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to thank you very much for being a follower and subscriber or a supporter. At this time, we just want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. See you guys later. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, we paid some bills. Uh, I've got a new $100 bill in my pocket. Brandon and V have none. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. It's like I that. saved up, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so, for the last fifteen minutes, we always like to look at the positive. We like to look at the things that can help the listeners. So, let's kind of talk about um, what do you think are some key things that animators need to have in their skill set if they want to go into film animation. Like, where should where should they pay attention? What are the things that you commonly see people doing wrong that they could improve? I guess we could start there. Yeah, uh, well, what I see people doing wrong is pretty much not understanding the principle of animation, right? There's 12 principles, and go look that up. You <laughs> should know what they are. And principle Skinner. Uh, yeah, yeah, Principle exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no, you should really understand it all. Like, it, it, there's a reason why it's there. Um, and, and it's hard to craft, like, master. Like, those guys that are, like, the best... 2D, like the 2D animators or that we look up to, uh, those guys, it's crazy when you hear them talk because they're just like, they're still the student of the game. And and you're never, you're never really like, stop, you never stop learning. So you go out there and, and just life, like live life, right? Like if you don't live life, you don't, you can't bring that into your animation. So because you haven't really able to uh, be into, because it's like an actor, right? like you're, you're really selling that particular character and if the more you experience in life the more you're able to like get in touch with your you know with the whole situation and it will help out the animation even more so so be wary of animators that keep their hands at the side when they talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's and and really like it's uh if i were to give advice to animators it's like again know what you want to do in terms of What's, where do you want to start off, like video games or or uh, VFX, all that stuff? Because as I was saying earlier, each each studio you have to cater. Like it, it sucks that you if you know how to animate, you they will look at you and they they'll know that you know how to animate. But now it's more like, can you animate <clears throat> to our style, our way? You know, so you have to cater towards each studio. 
Mm. Like it's very unfortunate, but you have to do it that way. Which means more demo reels, more animation. Yeah. And more and you know, like I, I think I was I was saying like I this is in your book, Larry. Like I read your book by the way. Thank you. Uh, good All job. right. Yes. One more. That is again old. you mean that game dev unchained book available <laughs> at Game School Online. Plug in, plug in. Uh, no, but plug like I, in, I was in that it was the same thing where um Damn it, I just lost a train of thought. Look what you did, man. You were, saying, me up. you were saying that you read the book. Yeah, Yeah, I know I read the book, but there's a lot of stuff in that book, and I was about to point out something. You were saying that you were saying how great that book is. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah, we're losing subscribers. Oh, no, no, I, got, I, got, I got I remember. I remember. Before, there we go. See? I got him reminded. Uh, I was saying that just remember, it, it, it is like a competition. So if you're a student now, uh, understand that you're not just competing with just a student. You're you're competing against professionals. You know, mm-hmm. look, and this goes towards just not just animation. I'm sure like all departments, you you're competing against these professionals. Look at what they're doing, and and say to yourself, uh, is my work up to par to theirs or better? Mm-hmm. Because someone else is probably better. So if you want that job, you better make sure that there's enough room for you to still go in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty damn smart. <laughs> and this but no, kinda, I have that same advice though for yeah. students and yeah. And this kind of harks back to a story that I I heard earlier about you know you're gonna reach a producer at some point that he's gonna pick his favorite draft. Oh god! <laughs> and you always have to pursue that guy, right? So there's gonna be no's and rejections along the way, but like the way V continued to educate himself, make himself better taking every critique uh, as as a self-improvement opportunity uh, led him to these different uh, game companies, all these awesome film companies. And even then, like, he's still having his uh, goals for animation, right, uh, in the Pixar or, or, like, those type of companies. So, like, you know, his drive has always been the same, mm-hmm. you know. And as long as you're satisfied with your your skill set in a way where you know where you want to shoot for and how how you want to end up there, you, it's never just gonna stop you except for yourself, right? Yeah, always pursue, man. Like, uh, I'll give a story. Like, uh, it's one of those things where if there's an inspiring person, an artist, or whoever that you're inspired by, find a way if you can contact them. Way like, don't stalk them, obviously. And, you know, if there's if there's no way to find them online, probably they don't want their information out. So, but for me, for instance, an animator, all, I I contact these guys all the time, all these inspiring animators, and ask them for tips or if they can have the time uh, to check out my demo reel. That'd be awesome. And it's one of those things where like do it now, do it as much as you can because you're always trying to get better. And at the end of the day, you never know what might happen because for me, for instance. Like I, I contacted one of my uh, inspiring animators uh, when I was just a student, and he was just an animator. And down the line, eventually, he became a lead. Uh, at, like one of the, he's badass animator, and he became a lead at L- Bungie. And I was like, oh, I would like to work at Bungie. Um, and I, I told, I told him, I asked him, not told him, but I asked him to see if he could take a look at my reel and what he thought, and if a place like Bungie would, you know take a place with me yeah like would they be interested or like can i make it basically um and he he obviously he was just like yeah he he liked my work and 
And I was like, oh, well, is there any positions open? Uh, open? And he was like, yeah, I'll record. And he he pretty much forwarded my stuff. And after that, you know, go through the process of the interview. Because you never know. Like, like I remember I contact, uh, again, I'm not close to this guy at all. But, like, as a student, I was, um, I have so many stories. But it's crazy, like, how things just work out uh, and how they go about. <clears throat> but I had a. I was a student, and there was this other student. Oh, you know, I was looking around, seeing inspiring animators, and I would contact them, just asking for tips or whatever. Uh, not to like, oh, I want to just. Basically, it came down to just trying to get better, better myself. And there was this one student, and he was a student. He was the same age as me, I think, or around the same. And he was just a student. I was like, man, this is a student. This is a badass student, and. Uh, I contact him. He gave me some pointers, and he eventually went off to do. Uh, uh, let's cut the short uh, story short. Basically, he is head of animation at Disney for wow. like Big Hero Six. Oh, wow. Like that student, that at the time when I was just entering, and he was entering the industry too. Like I mean, he probably wouldn't know me really. Like I just contact. I'm sure he gets a lot of emails and stuff like that. But like you just never know. Like how things could possibly work out, and I actually eventually met him later on at ILM when he came gave a talk about the next movie, and I met him face to face and I told him about it. And it's just crazy how things just worked because, I mean, head of it, he's like a badass, like his, one of the most badass animations and animators out there, and he moved up the chain quickly. That dude yeah. would, like. Come on, Disney, and he's only been doing it for the same amount of years I've been doing. It. He's head of animation for a movie. It's just like that's unheard of. That's yeah. how good he was. He's got the gift. Yeah, it, I mean, it just shows how small the industry is, and yeah, if yeah, you definitely. make your, if you surround yourself with greatness, right? Some of that's gonna rub off in some way. <laughs> in, he's in looking at himself right now. He's like, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. no, but it's a big tip. Like, honestly, contact your inspire. Like, contact, contact like. Make those networks. Don't do it because you're. Don't kiss ass. Don't. It, people will call you out quickly. You know. It's if it's more of like your willingness to learn and and don't be offended if people don't contact you. But from what I've I had a really cool people just inspiring animators who contact me back and like I said the like the one of the biggest tip I got from another inspiring animator uh, when I was in like trying to get in movies and I was feeling down about not getting in because there's been you know, rejection letters. And he was just like, you know, you could do the work. I could see it. It's literally all about timing. Like everything's all about timing. And and I was I was going back to how just things work. And don't give up. Like just because you got a rejection letter doesn't mean that you're not gonna uh, get there eventually. You know. Well, it's it's funny how that works. I just want to jump in for a moment because actually it gives me a great opportunity to tell the story. Um, sometimes the rejection, sometimes the no, or or even the detail that they give you when they're telling you no is way better for you than the compliment, you know? Yes. Uh, I have a secret mentor to this day, and I don't reach out to him that often, but I sent him, like, some stuff because he was a designer at a studio, and I respected his work, and I was just like, hey, you know, just check out my stuff. And then it, he ripped it, right? Like, but with detail. Like, and he he mm-hmm. didn't just, like, rip it, like, in a negative way, but he const- he deconstructed it, basically, and told me all the things that I didn't do right or I should have done or should have considered and as a young designer at the time, you're just like, oh, you know, like my baby. But to this day, sometimes I go back and I read that stuff and it's like, wow, like this dude really took the time to like go through my stuff detail by detail and tell me areas where I was lacking. 
And that no, that rejection, because he said, uh, you know, at this time, we don't feel like you'd be a great fit for this studio. And I wasn't applying for a job. I, but like the fact that like I saw like, wow, I could have had a job if I was better. Right. Like little did I know that this could have been a job. And these are the reasons why I didn't get it. And I never let that go to this day. I always think about that email. And that guy has gone on. Well, he had already at the time done it, but he made the most famous Call of Duty levels. And he's also now working at Respawn Entertainment. Uh, mm. Muhammad Alavi is the guy. And so he's like secretly my mentor <laughs> only because of that one thing that he did. But like, that's all. I wanted to share that story. That's all. I think mm. you, you are attracted to pain, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, know, I don't even know what you're into, man. <laughs> I was but saying like, basically that, like, no, you know, his the, shirt is off, you guys. His shirt is off. Oh we God. don't know what he's into. <laughs> You're lucky you can't see below the desk is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, B, like, just yeah, to that? reiterate to listeners, like, how many rejection letters did it take you? Like, in uh, a span of what you say, eight months? How many rejection letters was it? I can't even count, dude. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, I've only, like, that eight months, I probably got 20 rejection letters. 20 rejection letters? I don't know. That? I'm just, I'm just, like, it's but, like, crazy. That's, like, that's a and great these number. are, like, it's crazy because, like, these are from studios like that I thought I my 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 uh my skill set at that time could you know do that type of work and I still got rejected. I really don't know what the situation was I behind it, but it's just one of those things where you can't be too overconfident too that you're gonna get in. Like like I said, time means everything. So at that time they just might you might not be a fit. I don't know. Like I really don't know. Well, I like, want to add on to that. It's like timing is important, but I think more than that, you were very persistent you didn't give up like mm-hmm. the people yeah, yeah. that gave up at the 10th rejection letter like a normal human being because you know dude get it <laughs> <laughs> don't you get yeah, it yeah. By now? but you tended to go on so a lot of like for me the ladder to success has always been not by a great idea or or, or, or more importantly than timing is that 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 continuous pursuit like you know seeing every time a rejection <laughs> as as not as a gate, but as a way of rooting out the the, the other guys that are scrubs. Uh, yeah, that take, you know. yeah. I mean, I agree with you to a certain extent. Like to me, it uh, again, this is. I think timing is literally everything. Like it's in life, right? Time is everything. How you met your wife, timing, all that stuff. How you got certain jobs. But well, I what what I will say is that the timing is everything. But you have to prepare yourself for that timing, and you know have. Like the strongest portfolio you possibly at that time you can have, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's because let's just say I, I didn't get the job that it's because maybe I was weak in what I did at that time. Like I was not good at this certain thing. So the next time that timing might happen, at least I was more prepared to to give them a a, a something that they're more willing to accept, right? Like it, it, it's it build your um, skill set to to be at the level that they're willing to take you. Like, even though I say time is everything, you had to make sure that um, you have the tool set to be able to give them what they want. Because you don't, then the timing doesn't really matter, you know? And that's what you're getting at. You, I kept, I kept building that, that, that tool set to, to, to give them like, Oh, he finally has it. And the timing works out perfectly now to, to accept them. So it, it works, it works together. It's just, because without that, uh, without that timing, or at least I have the tool set that without the time, I will never 
get it. So it just works alongside one another. So yeah, but you do need that timing, obviously. But make sure you're prepared. Like you're putting your best foot, uh, best foot forward. So, yeah, when it finally happens. Yeah, so that, that that's that's what I would say. Like, uh, just because you got rejected, I would have. I what I did was I would self evaluate myself and see what I'm, I'm lacking, and I would ask people around me to look at my reel, and they'll tell you. Like, people will be straight up. Don't go to your mom because they'll be super nice. Don't go to the nice people because mm-hmm. you don't want to hear that. Um, you you know you don't want to be broken down, but you definitely want to get better. So, I would go to the right people, and and they will give me advice and. You know, because you're not you're not perfect. You're not as good as you think you are. Um, so, and and that right there, I, I waited for the time uh, to open up again, but I was better prepared than I was before. So, so I don't make that mistake again. Uh, yeah. There you go. Every day that passes is a better version of yourself. So yeah. If you're not improving, then you're not giving yourself a chance. So. Yeah. So no, totally. So you gotta, and also you gotta pursue too. You gotta, you can't just sit there and then pretend like it's gonna come to you. You know, you you have to be active about it. You can't. I'm gonna, you know, they're gonna come to me, so they're not. <laughs> you gotta, you just because you got that email, the rejection, you still gotta apply and be like, well, I'll try again and see what happens. Because they're like, oh, well, they already rejected me once, so maybe they, you know, like yeah. If your if your mentality is they rejected me once, so I'm not gonna apply there again you're almost acknowledging the fact that you don't see yourself becoming a better person, right? Like you don't see yourself yes. becoming a better candidate. Yeah. yeah I, I'm totally you can't, agree you with can't that. be that person. You can't be that person. Self-improvement, everybody. Yes, indeed. Life. Get it. Is there a certain rest period between rejection letters where you would reapply? that you would suggest oh yeah so that's a, actually a good question because you definitely don't want to to reapply again right like you want to have a period where you actually show improvement show that you've you've grown mm-hmm. like it, it it's uh, i'm gonna use a metaphor of like you approaching a girl and you're an asshole you're you know you better make sure that you're uh changing it up you're not gonna get the girl if you're the same character mm-hmm. uh, so it's the same thing where uh i i still and ba- i still showing you same reel but is the timing better like <laughs> like uh, it's it's not gonna work that way um but like let's just say uh you didn't get a rejection letter that's another thing it's if you didn't get a rejection letter that might mean that they might have not seen you mm-hmm. so if you didn't get a rejection letter that that still is you still have a chance with your your current reel like it's just that they they just happen to you happen to be under the pile of papers or demo reels and they look they overlooked you and that's what one person told me it was like well if you need to get a rejection letter it's not a bad thing doesn't mean it's a good thing but it's not a bad thing cool anyway, I'm just throwing a bunch of stuff out now so. no it's okay that's good right, go. no that's good advice yeah <laughs> yeah um, how long do you feel like someone should stay in the studio if they feel like they're not growing anymore you know do you ever think about I need to go somewhere else because I'm not growing does that cross your mind um uh, that's I think that's just a, a person like person to person kind of mm. thing like that's me personally I need to be better I, I I get bored I get uh if I don't feel like I'm improving I need to do something with it you know um and and that usually means that I need to experience something new at studio and 
and all that. But there are some people who are they care about stability more, or they're they're like we we have one friend, Brendan, and you you know him too. I don't want to say his name, but he he has he had potential when he came out of school. But the thing is, he didn't want to leave the area he was at. Remember, mm-hmm. he did not want to leave the. He's talking the, about me. <laughs> no, no, no. But he didn't want to leave. Like, and he had so yeah. much. You could tell he was going to be a good um, artist. And yeah, like in in yeah. in an industry that is very volatile and it's so spread out as far as like concentrated studios, you can't be that picky. As in, like, I'm going to live here and stay here, and whatever game companies come to me. <laughs> I'll work for them. So, oh. is that what? So yeah. he's kind of yeah saying about that. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it's just another thing is this industry is it's only in certain places. It's not literally everywhere in every city. You know, there. Yeah. Like I said, Vancouver is the best place to be in if you're in this type of industry. So, um, so yeah. Well, V, uh, it has been an hour. It has been yep. an honor and a pleasure to interview you for this time. And usually after the one hour point, uh, we give you the microphone to say, like, maybe you want to shout out one of your movie projects or just talk about something you're interested in. But now, since you've given us an hour of your time, we give you our audience to just promote any one thing that you're excited about or working on or you want to spread. I you have, have phone, to, you have a phone number that I have no plugins. No yeah, plugs. No, um, uh, <laughs> I have no plugs. Honestly, if anything, uh, this is to you too. Uh, I'm super proud of what you guys are doing right now. Oh man! Uh, Thank you. See you guys grow and where you're, what you're doing, and I can see this getting big. I've, I think I've told you this already. I can totally see this working. Thank um, you. So, and just because I'm critical of certain things, I say stuff. Don't take it personally. You know me. I always say shit without uh, sometimes filters. Hey, um, you're just one of twenty rejection letters. To it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 seriously, I appreciate everything. You guys being super help friends. Best friends. Best friends. Best friends. We're <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's like 10 people listening to this podcast that will know what the hell you were oh, just talking man, about. Oh, man, they're doing a good job. <laughs> that, they were singing some sort of song. It was great. <laughs> yeah, most Maybe of our no, listeners man, are Europeans. Oh, <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh. Hello? No, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, Brandon, unless you have something else to say, I'm going to go ahead and sign out first because I've got the mic. Larry Charles, thank you very much for listening to the Game Dev Unchained, the podcast. V, thanks for being our special guest. I'm going to go watch television. Peace. All right. Thank you for everyone. See you guys next week. Peace.